What's up, guys? You are in for a treat with this one and maybe need some pen and paper again. This was a live stream I ran with Jason Resnick, who is so awesome. And I've known Jason, known of Jason for a while. We connected towards the end of last year, and I'm super grateful he has come into my world. Uh, but we ran this live stream, and Jason is great at automations and follow-up sequences and making stuff happen in the background that makes your life easier. So in this live stream, he talked about using a follow-up, using content, excuse me, in your follow-up sequence to position yourself as the expert. So it was awesome. We had some great questions too. So I think you're going to get a ton out of this. So enjoy the show. Building an online business is more than branding, content, and sales. It's what happens behind the scenes during the highs and lows that make or break your business. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and this is The Kim Doyle Show. I'll be sharing my own journey of 10 plus years growing an online business, as well as talking to entrepreneurs who are on the ground, creating, building, and showing up every day. Remember, do business as only you can do. Hey, what's up, guys? Good morning. Good afternoon. I don't know why I always do that. Good evening, wherever you are. But (laughs) someone was like a radio host in a previous life. (laughs) Um, But I'm excited you guys are here today. And um, my guest and I'm... Let me let me back up because I know I say I'm excited about everything, but I am. It's like the right people really just keep showing up in my life. And I'm super grateful for that. Jason and I connected God, toward the end of last year. And it was kind of one of those like, how come we weren't connected before? Like we never right. chatted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, so um, but Jason has just been fantastic. I've loved chatting with him, getting to know him. And I'm going to have him give his bio before we jump into using follow-up sequences to position yourself as the expert, which is today's topic. So uh, Jason, I'm going to pass it to you. I am going to be sharing it. So if I'm not looking at you, I'm not ignoring you. But uh, Jason, just fill us in a little bit on your background, your bio, and who you are. Sure. So my name is Jason Resnick. Most people know me as Res with three Zs online. Um, I've been a web developer since the late 90s, showing my age a little bit. Um, But yeah, I've run the gamut. I've worked for Fortune 100 companies, small agencies, and everything in between, uh, building out any sort of application, e-commerce, intranets, all sorts of things, right? And I struck out on my own twice as my own business and as as a freelancer. Uh, First was in the early 2000s when all of the startups basically went under. Um, I was working for a consultant firm at the time where I was there only two and a half years. When they hired me, I was employee 600. It swelled to 2,400. And by the time they laid me off, I was like 400. Um, So yeah, I was like, hey, I got a skill. I can do things. I'm going to try this on my own. I always knew I was going to be one of those types that had to work for himself. Um, I just knew that at a very young age because I wanted the time, freedom, and flexibility to do things that I wanted to do. Um, and so <clears throat> fast forward from getting laid off to about a year and a half, I had to go get a job because there was a lot of things that I didn't know. The skills were there, but the business wasn't. I had to learn about sales. I had to learn about marketing and basically all the things that involved business end. Um, and then in 2010, I left and I've been full-time running my own business ever since. Uh, now I am a web developer. I focus in on behavioral marketing. I help establish e-commerce companies. And now when I say e-commerce, it could be nonprofits, could be buying physical products, membership websites, basically a transaction online. Um, I help them grow their conversions from first time buyers to repeat buyers and raving fans. And I do that through positioning, help positioning them um, and their brand in a better light so that their customers get exactly what they want when they want it. And I also help mentor and coach other freelancers, uh, specifically developers and designers, some marketers, some writers. Um, In fact, I just had a drone photographer come into (laughs) the community. I was like, okay. (laughs) um, I need some promo footage. Can we go outside? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. But they're awesome. I help them 
basically build, figure out what their specialty is so that they could build recurring revenue in their business. Um, and one of the biggest things that I get asked all the time is how do I stand out in a crowded market? My follow-up question always is, is do you have a follow-up sequence? And 80% of them say no. I said, well, there you go. Right. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Um, I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be great for everybody that's here listening um, and excited to jump in. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for that. And I feel like I want to unpack like 12 things from that. Um, and hello, everybody. I know. Bear with me. Uh, good. We got a bunch of people joining us. Gord, Tamira. Thank you, guys. And by the way, um, if you haven't, I would love it if you could share this. Give us some likes and loves. That would be awesome. I totally feel like a used car salesman saying that, but <laughs> it helps. So there's that. Um, so. I want to back up a little bit because you were saying too, which is another sort of um, not hot topic of mine uh, that I'm really trying to wrap my head around um, is sort of the, you were talking, and I, I apologize, Jason, but it's not segmentation, but the personalized marketing that you were talking, you, you referenced that as well. Can you just touch on that a little bit with your perspective on what that is? Yeah. I mean, personalization is all about understanding the customer. Um, and by understanding the customer, we know what their intent is uh, when they come to you and what they're struggling with most. What's their problem? What are they trying to get from where they're getting t today to where they want to get to? Um, and knowing those two key components um, helps you craft a buyer's journey. Um, and you could kind of build that out. And we'll talk a little bit more about what that is. Um, but really, it's the awareness stage, the consideration stage, and the decision stage. Every single person has gone through these stages every time they pull money out of their wallet, uh, whether you realize it or not. Um, but if you master those stages um, through content, through following up, through your sales process, uh, you'll be more personable as a brand because the person on the other end that's actually going to be buying from you uh, will will understand that you that you understand them, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be a connection immediately. Um, and I minored in psychology in college. Um, so human behavior for me is always kind of like a really interesting topic. And that's why I fell in love with e-commerce because early on in the e-commerce space, it was, I mean, it still is to this day, but it was like the wild west. People were just trying everything to try to get somebody to click that buy button. Yeah. Um, and it was all psychological cues at that point. I have to just bring up uh, I, again, <laughs> this is welcome to a conversation with Kim Jason, which you've already had, but I go like 12 different directions, but it's funny that you were saying that with the psychology and cause I, I was talking, <clears throat> well, two things. Um, yesterday I was talking with Jody, who, you know, my partner on the planner and whatnot. And we were talking about, I asked her to look at, uh, are you familiar with Ramit Sethi? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I love his stuff. I follow, I read, I've never purchased anything. I've been on Ramit's list for, I don't know, a couple of times. I am in the consideration stage right now because he's, he's released this breakthrough launch product on launches and which, you know, I've, I've read and had Jeff Walker stuff and all of that's good, but there's something about the way Ramit does it. And backing up, I had responded to one of their emails, gosh, last summer, last fall. And they said, hey, we'd love to give you access to the, the first module if you'll give us feedback. So like, I know how long they've been working on this, but it's funny because I'm totally in that consideration stage. I was like, ding, 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 that's me. And the other thing is I was testing this new, it's an app called Notify. It's like proof or there's a couple mm -hmm. of those. And so I put it on the site and <laughs> last week. I was up with my therapist and I'd showed her the website and she was like, oh my gosh, I saw that little button. And I thought, well, I want to buy then. And it was so funny because, you know, when you're in this space, you think we all know what that is. And from an e-commerce, that's social proof. I'm like, oh, okay. So I think that, the, you know, that psychology of somebody else bought this, somebody else wants it really does trigger sort of that, oh, okay, this must be good. Or somebody else's, it, it blew my mind to actually get the feedback. I was, I was floored. Oh, you, I've reversed engineered so many different funnels over the years just to try to learn and master and, and really appreciate what, what people are doing out there. And, and, and for myself too, is just, what do I like? What, what makes me feel natural when I'm trying to sell to somebody? And that is like, <laughs> when I know that I'm in a certain state, I'm like, Oh, you, you're trying to get me. You're trying to get me. <laughs> 
you let me ask you this. <clears throat> Excuse me, because the other piece of that, you know, I was talking to Jody yesterday and I was like, and I wanted her opinion. I said, here's his the land the uh landing page for this product. Like I'm thinking about it and because of the direction that I'm going in. I'm not like trying to jump into some other thing. It's to support what I'm doing. And instantly she's like, but why did they do the pricing this way? And why did, you know, and I, I just, I had to skip to buy now. I hate the scrolling. I'm like, yeah, but it works, I think. And she goes, just because it works doesn't mean I have to like it. I'm like, good point. <laughs> so like, where do you think for yourself, because you have the knowledge and the skills and the experience, can you separate? Do you know what I mean? It's like, are you always looking through it? With, like she's looking at it with filtered eyes. She knows this market. She knows what they're doing, how they're doing it. But clearly on some level, it still works. Like I understand what they're doing. I'm like, but I need this. Right. And I think that's where it comes down to. Like I do, it's hard for me not to pay attention to those things because mm-hmm. I guess I'm trained to. Um, but for me, it's, I, and this is a trick for, I think for any entrepreneur, if you see something, right. And you feel it's worth it in that impulse moment. Like I need to buy this or whatever. I need to join buy whatever it is. Wait 24 hours mm-hmm. and then let your brain kind of simmer on it. If it's still good after that 24 hours, go ahead and buy it. Then, then I know for myself, I'm not reacting on subliminal messages and, and cues on the page or anything like that. Yeah. It's more of my brain has processed it logically and subconsciously and, and okay, this is worth it. And that, that's how I kind of step away from all of those cues because I'm so keen up. Like I'm really honed in sometimes. Like I'm like, Oh, I know why you put that social proof right there. Cause it's right by the buy button. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So mate. So like where with those social proof as a question, I've got it on the bottom left, which is nowhere near a buy button. Mm-hmm. Move Should it by I move buy, it? Unless yeah. you have either that or have those security badges by the buy button or a testimonial or something, because what it is, is you want to have that let you want to basically have, and, and here's some really ninja stuff, but getting into the weeds here a little bit, but if you have a testimonial and if the person's eyes are going towards the buy button, that's even better. Okay. All right. Well, I'll be making some changes today, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but, but let's jump in and I'm sure we'll go 12 ways sideways with this too. And guys, if you do have questions, um, please drop them in. This is more of an open Q and a, obviously we're going to talk about the content in a follow-up sequence. Um, but please drop them in and I'll moderate them. Um, and it's so funny with StreamYard, I see them in front of me, but you notice I keep looking to Facebook. So I apologize. Yeah, um, I don't see any anymore. I, I saw good morning all from Rob and then that was it. Like I haven't seen okay. anything since, but, um, yeah, feel free to stop me anytime. Um, okay, so so where do you want to start with this? Let's let's talk about the follow up sequence and and the expert piece. And first of all, why do you think people don't have a follow up sequence? I think, well, for one, I think that they're more inclined to feel that they're bugging somebody, right? And when I say follow up sequence, there's there's really kind of two follow up sequences in and around services. Now, I don't know if the audience is mostly services or mostly products, but this kind of falls into both areas. Um, when somebody first encounters you as a lead magnet, potentially, um, it's a matter of the lead magnet you get delivered, but then you want to follow up. And most people do. They have some welcome sequence. They have like, okay, you, here's the thing. Oh, and then tomorrow you get another email talking about who you are and what your business is about and how I can help. And here's this article and this blog post and all that. And it kind of naturally flows into this long tail evergreen newsletter on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. On the services side, when you have a sales call or even a high touch product side um, where you have a sales call, um, people don't follow up. Like, and it's, it's, uncanny like i ran ran an unscientific poll because and on twitter and 80 percent of the people answered no um and over 50 percent said no flat out and 20 percent said that they they have an email that just goes out and says just wanted to check in which is the worst kind of email that you could send on a follow-up ever um so if you're doing that just get rid of that and you're better off not sending anything um but the idea is, is I think people don't want to feel pushy and they don't want to feel like they're bugging somebody and mm-hmm. turn them away. Mm-hmm. And that's the wrong mindset here, right? Um, especially in a high touch sales, right? So if we're giving something away for free, there's that natural inclination 
from a lead magnet perspective to, okay, I can, they've given me permission to send emails on a weekly basis in my newsletter and, and so on. But yet when somebody fills out a project brief or an application to work with you on a service level and you have that call and then you don't do anything after that call other than wait for them to respond to you or tell you let's move forward or wait for any questions the closer you are to that higher touch sale, I think people are more apprehensive of doing that. And I don't know why that mindset is. Um, I've, I've always felt like, Hey, look, you asked me for some time. I gave you some value. I just want to give you more value to help you make your buying decision. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep doing that (laughs) until you tell me not to. Right. So it's best. I send a a follow-up sequence every single day after I have a, a sales call um, and <clears throat> have tailored it, tailored it over the years uh, based around those three buying decisions, right? So early on, when you start your services business, you're having sales calls left and right. And because you really don't understand the customer as well, you don't understand the solution and how you're providing value on the back end of that solution so that you can move the right questions up the chain so that they can filter themselves out earlier on. And so you're having sales calls all the time. Um, But as your business matures, you start to understand things better. Maybe you put a project brief. That's what I call them. It's just an application. Um, Nobody that I talk to gets on the phone with me without filling out that application first. So that application evolves over time. And it basically all the questions on there have some sort of purpose to them. They're not just willy nilly kind of questions. Um, but what it is, is it's positioning me in a way where I'm asking intelligent questions on there. And I had, I had somebody come through, uh, Monday actually and says, said to me, can I get those email, those answers back from your project <laughs> brief, because I'd never been asked those questions before. And it was great. Now there were two signals out of that. Just them asking me that one, they do get it, uh, automatically, but two, that means that they filled that out without knowing too much about what I'm doing for them. And that tells me what kind of emails I should send on the follow-up because they're kind of in this awareness stage. They know they have a problem that they're shopping around. They're not really sure what their problem is. Um, so you have to send them kind of educational resources, whether they're your own or somebody else's. Um, and everybody's looking online. They're surfing online. They're looking at links. If a link is valuable to you, store that in your library. Right? I have a library, a markdown document. It's just a simple text document of different th- articles with different categories. I have an awareness, consideration, and decision category. And then based on the services as well, uh, awareness, the easiest articles are like, hey, the 2019 trend, top trends in email marketing. Like that's an awareness trend, right? Like they're kind of, they may have read something, but sending that is not a problem at all, right? Um, If they sort of know what their problems are. So like, in my case, if they come to me and they're a Drip customer, um, and Drip's an email marketing automation platform, um, if they're a Drip customer, then I kind of get that they're trying email marketing. Uh, they understand what email marketing could do for them. And they come with the question of, oh, look, I have all of these paid campaigns that I'm going to do for this year. I want to integrate Drip into that. And I want to make, I want to get my drip account set up so that when somebody clicks on my Facebook ad, they sign up for my thing, they get a specific sequence, there's a webinar involved and all these things. So they're kind of like in that intermediate stage. They may not know how to do it. They may not know the strategy behind all of that. Um, But that's a key indicator for me that they're in this consideration stage. They're closer to that buying decision because they see the value in the thing that they have already. Mm -hmm. They just don't know how to go to that next level. And so I have links that, that follow suit with that, right? Um, when you say links, Jason, do you mean that you have links that support their awareness stage and you're sending them that content? Yes. Yes. Okay, so okay. If, I have a, if I have a phone call conversation, <clears throat> or even if the way my process works is when you fill out the, 
the project brief and it moves forward from there to a phone call. If that phone call is scheduled out from them outside of seven days, then I have a smaller follow-up sequence in between to kind of just prime the pump, so to speak. Um, But outside of that, once we have the call, then I put them into some sort of sequence. Um, Mm -hmm. And it sends them an email every single day. And it's a simple email. It's really just, hey, I thought a little bit more about what we talked about. Here's a link. And I give them the title. And then I give them a couple couple of key takeaways. So they don't even necessarily have to click on the link and just say, I thought this was helpful. I wanted to send this off to you. And that's it. And close it off. Don't ask anything about the proposal or anything like that. That is enough of a nudge to them Mm -hmm. to know that one, oh, I have to get back to this person. Mm -hmm. Two, it's, hey, they're sending me stuff. And now one of the things I get asked all the time is how do you stand out? So if they're talking to five other people, only one of them is actually doing a follow-up sequence and who that one is, is me. So who Mm -hmm. are they going to talk to? Right. Right. So when you think about following up and it's a real mindset thing, you're not going to bug them. And believe me, if they tell you, I don't want to hear from you again, fine. Right. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I have it in my email automation sequence. So they can even just click unsubscribe. And if they unsubscribe, then fine. Then that's a signal to me that I, we're not moving forward. Right. Mm-hmm. If you don't want emails from me, then how, I'm not expecting a check. Right. <laughs> so, right. So there's no, there's a mindset there where you have to kind of get over the fear or the, 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 the apprehension that you're bothering them by sending them an email. If it's valuable, it's a, if it's a valuable resource for you, it's going to be a valuable resource for them because it positions you as somebody who pays attention to their industry, understands their problem and if you do it right and build that journey up, right? So if they take five days, then each day is a step forward, right? So mm-hmm. I look at the follow-up sequence and so we could get into more detail about this, but I look at the follow-up sequence as a staircase, right? And at the mm-hmm. top there is me, right? So, you know, 2019 trends in email marketing, that's the first email. Second email is if I know they're doing webinar stuff, then I say, okay, here's some key components of webinars that make it work, right? Make mm-hmm. it convert. Then the follow the next staircase is maybe a user use case that I've done with my own clients, right? And the next case is more on what the ROI, what can you expect if you have a price point at this? Uh, maybe, you know, here's the average, the industry average percentage on a webinar being successful for you. And then the final email and such, right? So it's a staircase ladder that goes up, up the, up the staircase, right? Yeah. And, and the, 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 we, the really strange thing is, is in my research and doing this is once people get over the mindset, then they're like, okay, how many emails do I send? Right. How many, what's the right number? How often do I send it? Well, in studies in sales studies, um, and I could throw the links in if, if, if need be, but decision makers need five pieces of content before they even talk to a salesperson. So if you haven't sent them five pieces of content yet, or maybe the lead magnets one, two, you know, you have a couple in there. Well, now you have a kind of a gauge, right? Uh, The thing is half of, half of leads coming into a sales pipeline aren't even ready for a purchase. Mm-hmm. And 80% of sales happen after five follow-ups. So with these stats in mind, the magic number is five, right? Uh, and one other thing that I, I it boggles my mind, if these stats are out there, right? 44% of sales representatives stop sending after one follow-up, which one, I don't know who these reps are because I get sales follow-ups until... <laughs> I don't know. Right? Well, it's nothing that I'm interested in. <laughs> right. But but that's the thing here is, is that if the majority of people are not doing follow-ups, the easiest way to send the easiest way to stand out in the marketplace is to follow up. Mm-hmm. 
So let me ask, okay, so the service piece of it, so you've got your project brief, and my guess then is that with each step in that brief, you're kind of setting, there's not, I don't know, you're segmenting them or you're tagging them Mm -hmm. or you're doing something based on their answers, right? So that that totally makes sense. Can we talk a little bit, and you guys, if you've got questions, um, because I know a lot of you are service providers, um, I want to ask from the, you know, lead magnet product side of things, you know, what does that look like? You know, I, I mean, cause you know, it, I tended to do, and it's funny, I'm totally going to confess. I do think my, I had had one that was like a generic, follow me here, listen to the podcast, it, that, that kind of stuff. Right. And, but now I, I know that to scale my business this year, I've got to get these right automations in place. So what does that look like from a, if you're selling a product or a digital course or something? Yeah, it looks like, so <laughs> Even this applies to services too, right? When somebody finds you for the very first time, there's this emotional connection immediately. It's like you want to consume as much of the, especially if there's something that you get as a quick win, you want to consume as much of this person as possible. So that emotional, I guess, happening that happens Mm -hmm. dies down over time. So you, the studies basically show you have about 90 days on average. If you don't sell anything to anybody in 90 days, then you're not going to sell them. If you have a lead magnet and this could be a, a you know digital product or whatever, right? Make that lead magnet a real big, quick win, a nice, easy, quick win for somebody, but have it make sense so that the thing that you want them to buy is right on the, the very next, or even there's an email in between. Right. So that when they get the quick win, they want more. Mm -hmm. And the next thing is that thing they need to buy, which a lot of us know this as like tripwires, right? Like Mm -hmm. you, you opt into something and then for the next 20 minutes, you could get this thing for the like, you know, 99% off or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that tripwire one, there's a lot of psychology in that whole. 20 minutes, 99% and all that rest of it. But which people hate, but again, it works, right? right. Pop-ups. People are like, I hate pop-ups. Yeah. Well then stop opting in and then we could get rid of them. (laughs) So, but I I digress. But uh, the thing is, is you want to create that journey, right? So Mm -hmm. if they opt into the lead magnet, again, they're, they're, they give you an opt-in that's in the consideration stage. So they're already past the awareness stage. They're starting to look at like, okay, I have a couple of solutions here. Let me test the waters. Let me understand a little bit more, right? They kind of like want to kind of see the thing that they're going Mm -hmm. to get. Um, So that's the lead magnet. Now they're, if the lead magnet delivers on what they're expecting, right. And, and it gets them to step one of where they actually want to be of that journey then they're going to want to know what that next thing is. And that's where you start. You say, okay, look, you know, I have this thing. Um, You know, I know you have the content planner. It might even be just like, you know, a couple of pages as the lead magnet, as a PDF download. And then somebody Mm -hmm. wants the physical book, right? Like I like, I like writing, right? So for me, the physical book is more my style, my benefit than a PDF. But if I like the PDF and I like the layout, of a, a couple of pages out of the book. Okay. Then the, I know that that's already in the book because it's a sample. Yeah. Right? So you want to kind of craft that and you could tailor it based around, like you were saying about segmentation and things like that is if you know what lead magnet they opt into, then you could kind of understand what their intention is. Right. So, you know, the different aspects of the book, are they worried about social content versus their own blog content? Or are they worried about, you know, podcasting or video, right? Based mm-hmm. around the, the specific opt-in that they gave you, that's that's showing their intent, right? They want to have a better plan for their blog. Maybe they don't have social media or whatever, right? Uh, they don't care about the social media aspects of the thing. So, okay, then you tailor the language and tailor the resource to what their intent is. Right. Because their intent there is to better understand their plan for their blog. And so 
once you understand mm-hmm. their intent and then once you understand their interest, right? And their interest is that opt-in, right? They've obviously interested in what you have to say or what you have to sell. Then with those two connected, then you could start personalizing their journey to buy from you quicker and quicker. So it's identifying the intent first. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, we got a couple of questions. I want to jump in here. So first, uh, Todd was asking, um, and I'm going to pull these back up again. Are you differentiating from your opt-in list and other types of lead contacts? Of course. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's, uh, you know, that I do maybe more segmentation than most, um, but that's just, that's the nature <laughs> I do. Um, but I want to understand, and for me, I'm not the Jeff Walker style launch guy. I've tried that. It's just not my style. Um, and for those that don't know specifically what that is, um, I guarantee you've been through it, right? (laughs) It's all over the web. It's basically, they release a, a training video, training video, training video for a week. You get all this free stuff. It's great. And then at the end, they say, okay, here's the thing. Um, Mm -hmm. It costs whatever dollars. And so that, I mean, that's a very high level thing, but um, it's a great strategy. It works. It's, you know, top notch. Um, But for me, that's not my style. I just, I, I can't do that week and a half launch type of thing. It's just not right. It's just not in me. It's not Mm -hmm. my energy level. It's not, I have introverted tendencies. So I'd rather have a conversation. I'd rather understand the person a little bit Mm -hmm. more and really say yes or no to them. Right. Because that's what it really comes down to is that when I'm selling something, um, I've told people, you know, plenty of times like feast is not for you and feast is my membership community, but People then I see them pop then in. They really want it. Right. I see them pop in, and I'm like, ah, oh, this person's just going to churn out. Like, yeah, I told you, but and they've told me they told me that they, you know, they opted in because I was honest and genuine with them, so they wanted to see what was behind the door. So I was like, okay, it's fine, you know. But well, you know, it, it, it is. It's that the not being right. Like, I think that's why I was a. I'm drawn to Ramit's too, because I know that there's so much research in psychology. Not that Jeff doesn't. I think he's a decent, I not decent. He's a good guy. Like, I don't know him personally, but you know, I, I think you have to go with that. And I don't know the flow of what you're doing and sending out. If you don't want to be doing it in the first place, your emails are going to suck. Uh, we've got a great question here from Gord Isman. Uh, thank you, Gord. He says, I'm a YouTuber and people sign up to my email list when they download an ebook on how to video or a video editing template, all via YouTube video descriptions. I'm only emailing them weekly to tell them about the next video just posted. Is there a follow-up sequence strategy to help draw them to my coaching and done-for-you services? I mail them weekly, but I don't want to bombard them either. Yeah, so uh, thanks for the question. It's a great question. Um, I guarantee you've seen it too. Is There's these, and, and depending on your email marketing platform, but most of them will do this for you, is you could start tagging people based on certain links. So mm-hmm. if you have a how-to or another template and you're just sending out your weekly, hey, this new video is up, go check it out. Um, but if, if your coaching or your product aligns with that video, then that's a natural couple of sentences in there say if hey if you want to talk more about this i offer this coaching program or you know if you want more details this is a 15 minute video that's fine but i have this thing this product that will teach you more of the steps the the advanced tactics the advanced setups whatever the gear that i use all of those things you can put that in the email too it's a soft sell it's not pushing it the other thing is is checking your own inbox. I guarantee you, if you look at the bottom of every weekly email that you get that sells digital products or membership or physical products, even there's a PS at the bottom. Right? <laughs> Did you see my email today, Jason? <laughs> well, I sent one out yesterday, but well, yeah, and I did. I did the PS at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. PS is at the bottom are <clears throat> what I use as I call them soft sales, right? Mm-hmm. They are just, Hey, did you know I can help you further? I have a coaching program. Um, you know, you could tailor it based on where they are, right? So if they bought your template, right, which is maybe the lower product end, but they haven't bought your coaching yet, right? You got to think about your product ladder, right? So if yeah. they bought your thing, change, swap out the PS on those segments, right? So mm-hmm. if they've never bought anything, buy the template. If they've bought your template, buy the coaching, right? Yeah. If they bought your coaching, 
you know, come meet me at this event, you know, something like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. What I was thinking of too, Gord, and I don't know if you've done this. This is for me, this is what I, I don't know, easy ways to sell. Since you're sending the email, I would love to hear about people you have coached and case studies, or if you've, I don't know if you've got a video, then that is, is, is not, not necessarily a testimonial, but just, I love the case studies and the behind the scenes stuff of someone who's had the success in working with you. And so I think that the, you know, a follow up to that is if someone's clicked that they watch that video, you know, you go and then you could just tell the story, like tell the story. And and if you want to learn more here, but that would be kind of my approach to that. What are your thoughts on that, Jason? I yeah. love the behind the scenes stories. Yeah. I mean, it works mm-hmm. for one. And that's the thing too. If somebody clicks on that link, right. In your PS, mm-hmm. then drop them into a promotional follow-up sequence. Could be two or three emails. Right. Mm-hmm. I call, I call, I do this from my end. I call them landing page abandonments. I do it for myself. I do it for my clients. What it, that is, is when they hit a key page on my website. Now, you know, it could be varying different pages, but because they're cookied on my email subscriber platform, I know they landed on that page. So mm-hmm. what I'll do is I'll send them a couple of emails later if they didn't take the action that I wanted them to take on that page. So if they're on my product, you know, project brief page, and then two two hours later they get a thing saying, "Hey, look, I don't know if you finished up the project brief, but it's still here for you. Let me know. We can move forward with that." And it's just a simple nudge. But mm-hmm. similar to your, your question is, is the, the social proof element, right? If I have, if I know what that intent is, right? If I know that they're struggling with you know, learning a new tool or they're trying to improve their sales or whatever that thing is. And my product can solve that problem. I've already flagged them. I tag them and as the thing that they've segmented on mm-hmm. and then tailor that follow-up email around that. I'll pull in a resource, uh, a testimonial rather, that's based specifically on that intent so that they know I've solved this problem before. So <clears throat> you guys keep the questions coming too. That's great too. Todd was saying that, you know, the behind the scenes stories is another social proof, which you just stated also. Um, here's where I get into like, you're hurting my head, Jason, is that, <laughs> like I, I get all, I mean, the technology is there and it's right. not difficult to do, but like, where do you wrap your head around the best place to start with this? Right. Because you could be doing, this is a full-time gig to set up automations and tags, right? Yeah. I mean, I always, I, I have to, I had to stop myself yesterday for my own thing. Um, I, I say if this was simple, what it would look like. And I, I kind of stole it from Pat Flynn, but you know, keep it simple, stupid, right. That's Mm -hmm. another thing, right. If you haven't started out and you don't do anything as far as follow-ups in any sort of sense, um, Mm -hmm. start that. Right. Like yeah. I started sending follow-ups based off of sales calls and that's it. Mm-hmm. And it was literally a reminder in my calendar the very next day to send follow-up one email to you know this person. And mm-hmm. so I went into my Gmail account, cl- moved my library piece over into the email and press send. And there's no automation in that other than a reminder to, for me to do so. Um, mm-hmm. So really keep it simple. There's no reason to go crazy about it. But as your business matures and as you start to understand the customer more and more, that's when you start putting segments out there, right? And you can't assume what a segment looks like because if you do that, then you're not going to get any useful data. You're not going to, it could be wrong and, or send you the wrong signals rather. And then, then what, then you're kind of stuck. But if you, especially on the services side, if you start hearing the same kind of objections or pushbacks, then Mm -hmm. that's when you start segmenting things, right? Or if you have a, a project that you're working on now and it's not as successful as it could be, and you understand why, then put that question, that qualifying question up on your project brief. So that's as a red flag for yourself to know that if somebody answers that question in the wrong, you know, wrong for you rather, Mm -hmm. okay, this may be a project that's not going to work out. Um, For me, it's, it's traffic based, right? Like I've had clients come to me, you know, or leads come to me that say they get 300 page views a month. 
So, okay, I could build you out the thing that you want, but it's not going to really improve your business at all because you don't have yeah. traffic, right? So yeah. that's one of the things that, you know, I had early on. I, I, I knew that pushback already, but this one person was just like, I, I really want this all set up. I'm like, all right, that's fine. And then four months into our, you know, recurring project, he was mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's like, I'm just not getting the return on the investment. I go, no kidding. Because <laughs> you don't have the traffic. Yeah. Right. So <clears throat> is there a, a, like, a, I don't know if you have a tagging framework or segmenting, you know, it's one of those things that like, I, I really do get how this all works. And I sort of have a tagging frag, uh, framework that I use, but even the segmenting, I'm like, I, so I, I can go into my tags and be like, well, they did all this. They did all this. Now, mind you, a lot of that was the WordPress stuff that I'm not going to bother with at this point, but, but moving forward, I, I, I don't know. It's like, I have a tendency, every link I do, Jason, I create a tag for, right? And then, but with the, right, you're like, you're totally making my head hurt when I think about your CRM, <laughs> right? But it's like, but I also, some of them are repeats. So as an example, if I, if I send a link to a podcast episode, you know, there'll be a little tag, it says pod and then Kim Doyle show or Kim Doyle guest or Kim Doyle, whatever. So I'm not like creating a new one necessarily, mm-hmm. but then it's sort of, I'm still thinking, what do I do with these tags? <laughs> right. And I think a lot of people get tag happy, right? Mm-hmm. Myself included. If you looked at some of my, you know, tags, I'm like, I I literally have a read hyphen blog post title for every and it's just JavaScript that tags the subscribers. So like some of my like I have to scroll down the page just to even see the email because there's so many tags on that subscriber yeah. record. I don't do much. I don't do anything with it really. Um, <clears throat> but the the convention that you want to think of is, and it goes back to what I was saying before is want to understand their why and one want to understand their intent. So what are they struggling with? Uh, why are they coming to you? Um, what do they hope to get from you? Uh, what's their intent? Like where are they today and where do they want to be? you know, next month or a year from now, or whatever the time period is, right? Like what's their ultimate goal? If you segment based on those two things, right? Um, that's, those are the two key indicators of a buying decision. Now you can, mm-hmm. you can segment on demographics, right? Like I segment on developers, designers, writers, marketers, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, I also segment on <clears throat> how many years they've been in business. Um, I segment on for my service and that's for the product side of the business mm-hmm. um, for the services side of the business. I segment on convert kit versus drip. I can, mm-hmm. I segment on um, things like whether or not they're uh, like a coach or they're actually selling a product, right? Mm-hmm. Because the language is different. Um, they're not coaches, not necessarily have clients. Some do, some don't. It's the language is different. Um, but having those varying segments, it, you really kind of think about your customers now. Like how do you, how would you group them? Like, mm-hmm. you know, if I have a hundred customers, um, these five are who, and these mm-hmm. 25 are who, and these 11 are who. Um, and that's where you start segmenting. And then you kind of get micro segments in between, like you were saying, like, listen to this podcast, uh, they read, right? So like, mm-hmm. for me, yeah, I do a lot of podcasting. I do some writing. Um, I want to know where my customers come from. And most of them come from podcasting, right? And yeah. that's just based off of my experience and knowing how they buy from me. So I know on a marketing end, I want to do more podcasting, right? like forget yeah. the writing side of things. So those those segments and things like that start to really, you really want to understand the customer. And that's where you come based around the follow-up, right? Once you yeah. start to really understand the customers and how what they're asking of you and what questions they're asking and how they frame what your thing is, whether it's a product and or service, um, you know, some people, you know, call me email marketing. Some people call me a web developer. Some people call me, mm-hmm. you know, the email guy, right? Like just, based on where they came in through right. your content or whatever. Yep. Are, now, are you using, and I don't want to go crazy with tools, but use a right message? Uh, somewhat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have, I have a lot of JavaScript, custom JavaScript that 
write message does. I use their write ask widget because mm-hmm. that that's just that was just looked better <laughs> than the one that I that's had. That's a little pop up on the bottom right. 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 Yeah. yeah. So it'll, it'll ask you a series of right. It'll ask you a series of questions, and that's where my segmentation starts. I really have five data points that I look at for somebody being qualified to buy my membership program. And mm-hmm. if they hit those five data points, then I pitch them, right? And okay. those five data points are really uh, who they are, developer, designer, marketer, whatever, uh, how long they've been in business, um, their, why they started their own business in the first place, um, if they're solo agency or other Sometimes mm-hmm. people are other, and I don't know who other is. <laughs> it's a small percentage. <laughs> yeah. But if they hit those points, if, if basically they tick the boxes in the right way, then they get a follow-up sequence of pitching feast. Gotcha. Um, Rashad was asking, I'll pull this back up, question two, is do you segment manually from a data set or do you have software-based process for that? Both. Uh, mm-hmm. at first it was very manual. It was kind of like, you know, I have e-commerce service clients here and I have, you know, nonprofits here and I just knew the language that they spoke and kind of where their heads were at because they talk a different language and they understand tech differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as I started to leverage the automation pieces and the technology, I just craft better questions and, and like you were saying, trigger links accordingly so that they kind of bucket themselves. Okay. Gotcha. Rashad just said, thank you. Um, So can you, do you have any, I don't know what you can and can't share, but some results from adding these automations in for people or, you know, I love the sending content because obviously when you're, there is something about, just saying, I have something of value for you. I have nothing here, but I know this is your problem. Let me solve it. It's funny. <clears throat> I had, when I came back to Facebook, I don't know, like 2014, I had joined like in 2008, but I was like, okay, I'm not sure what this is going to look like. So on my WordPress page, I literally just kept sharing as much as I could that other people created that was a value to my audience. And I became a trusted expert. It mm-hmm. was that, it was that simple. It was just you know, I really believe in highlighting what other people are. That's why I do all these live streams. I love saying, hey, here's somebody that has something that can help you. Um, and then people grow, grow to trust you, which I'm guessing fits into sort of that beyond the consideration awareness. If they've watched five live streams and they trust me and I know people, they're much more likely to buy somebody that I recommend to them, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's why for me, podcasting is a converter for me because mm-hmm. people listen to what I'm talking about and it resonates with them. And podcast is a lot more, you know, you're in somebody's ear. It's like a one-on-one conversation, right? So it's, it's, they're hearing my voice. They hear how I talk about things, my perspective on things, my tone, right? It's more than just words on a page, which also convert, but the podcast for me works better. Um, But yeah, I mean, I mean, to your point, I mean, I've helped some of my clients, my customers decrease that time to buy. Remember I said that you have kind of like a 90 day window. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that I enjoy helping them with is when somebody opts in to your email list, at what point do they buy from you? So when I first start working with people, I try to gauge what that looks like. And one, how often is it never an offer? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, I have clients that literally get into that freebie freebie loop. Like they're so like introverted. Totally me with the WordPress check. Yeah. They just, they're like, oh, I have this other free thing and I have this other free thing. And they get like the ping pong match of freebies. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, you know, that's going to be hard to sell anything now because they're just going to wait for the freebie thing. Um, But for some of my clients, I've helped them get down from 40 days to eight. I've helped other clients go from eight to within a day. And it's all really about unpacking that customer and figuring out what you have to be intentional about your lead magnets up front for this to work, right? Is that you have to understand what that first step is in that staircase so that when somebody opts in that they looking up the staircase and they see, oh, that's your product up there. So how do I get there? Right? Because if they, if they on that first stair, okay, they've had some success. Sorry, I was just putting the link to your site in and I did it twice. So <laughs> I was deleting one extra link in there. Um, 
So you know what? What is feast? I had not heard of this. And obviously I didn't do enough homework, but I would love to know more about what feast is. Yeah. Feast is a uh, community and coaching platform for freelancers um, that are looking to specialize their business and build recurring revenue. Um, It's a Slack community. We have a ton of, ton of videos. I think it's like 70 plus videos. Um, One is the roadmap, which basically gives you the recipe. It's how I built my business. Um, mm-hmm. my services business of how to figure out what your specialty is, how you market that specialty, how you handle clients, and then how you grow the agency. Yeah. Right. So for me, I'm, I'm a one man show. So if you're trying to grow and scale an agency, I might not be for you. You might want to go check out Lee Jackson. He's much better on that with agency trailblazer. But if you're looking to kind of really just grow your business to feed, to, live in the feast, right? Like the feast mm-hmm. of famine cycle to live in the feast so that you can go out on a random Tuesday afternoon because it's sunny out, right? <laughs> feast is what it's all about. Um, we hold, it's a, it's a tight knit community where I hold monthly roundup calls. So everybody in the community comes on, we talk about some problems, you know, answer some questions, maybe client scenarios, maybe marketing strategies, things that are, it's just a free form kind of community town hall. Um, and then I do various things throughout the year, 90 day challenges. I call them moving the needle challenges. So it's an accountability call every single week where if you're looking to do something in your business, let's say I'm trying to build a lead magnet, right. Or I'm trying Mm -hmm. to build my follow-up sequence and I want this done in 90 days. Well, I'll hold you accountable to that. Right. And Mm -hmm. we'll just show up every single week. Um, and there's resources, downloads and all sorts of things, but, um, it's it's a great community. I love everybody in there. I'm in there all day long. Um, that's where I enjoy. My wife even says like, oh, I know that today was a feast day and not a developer day. <laughs> because you're happy. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's awesome. So I will, I'll link to that. I'll get the link from you on that, Jason. Um, this has been amazing. I'm, I'm like, I want to like get off and go like map something out, but... <laughs> Um, do you guys have any other questions for Jason? If you do go ahead, put them in. I did put the link to his website and it's res, R-E-Z-Z-Z.com. I put that in the comments um, and this will be repurposed as a podcast and a YouTube video. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, that'll happen this week. Um, I'm actually staying on top of that stuff now. I have this <laughs> 20, you know, Zoom video library backlog of podcasts. Yes, it's time to hire an editor again. Um, but anyways, Jason, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. No, thanks for having me. I hope I hope everybody got any got some value out of it. Um, you know, if you have any further questions, definitely hit me up in Facebook or on Twitter. That's usually the easiest way to get a hold of me. I'm at res there as well. Uh, my DMs are open. I'd be happy to help in any sort of way. Um, last final comment, which I think we should, I've got it up there on the screen if you are watching this, but it's from Tamara who said, this was awesome. And you got the hundred and a fire, like a little bomb emoji. So that was awesome. Thank you so much. Tamara. Tamara. (laughs) All right, guys have a fantastic rest of your day and, uh, we will catch you later. Thanks guys. I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you haven't joined us on these live streams, I highly recommend you do. It's engaging. It's fun. You get to ask personal questions. I don't know. I'm really loving doing these live streams and repurposing them as podcast episodes. So if you want to connect more with Jason, go to res.com. And that's R-E-Triple-Z.com. R-E-Z-Z-Z.com. There we have it. As always, guys, thanks for listening. And I will catch you next time.